You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be, I'd be elected president by acclamation. Thank you. That sounds like you know. I tell you, if I had the talent of any of these, uh, uh, they're from Mexico. Uh, it doesn't matter, but uh, uh, I would be in this profession all the way. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the PJ's cast. I am your host, Pierce, joined with uh, my good pal, Jimmy. How are you doing, Jimmy? Oh, you're good, uh, American pal, Jimmy, suffering from this election, yes. <sighs> I'm doing, I'm living, I'm uh, you know existing in this country, yes. That's that's what I'm doing, sadly, yeah. What surviving is winning, as, as a, a poet once said, I think. Yeah, as a good poet, uh, I don't know, fucking Hillary Clinton or somebody said, or the Pokemon Go to the polls or whatever bullshit they're screaming <laughs> out in my country, dude. I hate my country, dude. <sighs> I saw that. Okay, okay. The context that it's the, the guy in the background who was like, hey, dance, dance. Like, it was it was the main singer, I believe, of a of, uh, highly acclaimed uh, – well, if you actually know, um, I, if I'm right, I believe um, – Despacito was actually based off of the uh, Fifth Symphony, uh, Symphony Symphony, or whatever the fuck it's called. It doesn't really matter, anyways. But yeah, apparently it was based off of that. So clearly it was a you know big deal to play that song there. It wasn't just a uh, sadly, well, sadly it wasn't as cringy as I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be much better meme material, but it turns out he was just being a nice guy or whatever. So that's that. But uh, I don't know. Would have been a great successor to uh, why don't they? Pokemon go to the polls, but 
and I'm still waiting on that because I, I don't think there's anything in the world that could ever pass that up. Uh, anywho, I think uh, in positive notes, there's uh, some really big news uh, you've got to break here. So uh, fill us in, Pierce. All right, so uh, I got a video to play. Oh, no. So the context of that is she has a drink and the thing around it says uh, Chillery Clinton. So yeah, All right, that's. Just... I actually, man, man, if I could get citizenship, Canadian citizenship, in a heart, like if I could get that in like, if I could snap it and get it in a week, I would be living next door to you, Pierce. Yeah. You know what's funny? <laughs> not is even is I'm not gonna give away my address, at least uh, not on camera. Um, there's there's a, a vacant house right next to my house, but uh, the thing about a, it is it's had a bacon issues. house, bro. A bacon house, yeah. A Hold bacon up. house, it's made out of bacon, dude. Okay, anything okay, this is gonna sound super 2012, but any like a house where bacon is one of the primary primary names in it, yeah, that's a that's a quick attraction it's for a, me. Holy epic, shit. Honestly. I'm sure it's wholesome 100, at least a 97 out of 100, maybe 98. I can see okay. a push to 99 possibly, and that's really that's a pretty impressive feat. So, so that was Hillary Clinton's first official Snapchat. It was this oh, video God. was uploaded on July 17th, 2015. I'm sorry the 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 phrase Hillary Clinton's first Snapchat. I I really I really hate those words next to each other. It's so old that it actually shows the number when like playing the snaps. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah. Anyways, um I'm you gonna like... you gonna make my ears burn anymore or <laughs> no 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 we'll get into it. So I had some Yeah. Um so this just broke out. Um a tweet from uh, good old uh Darren Drager. Um of course oh, Darren Ferris? Yeah, Darren Ferris, bro literally him that's crazy okay sources say contract talks between the st louis blues and blues captain alex petrangelo have broken off the team has advised petrangelo to pursue unrestricted free agency follow-up from pierre lebrun one thing to keep an eye on would the blues be willing to trade petrangelo's rights before october 9th and if so what is the draft pick that gets it done and then another tweet from darren drager again but uh, weirdly he changed his uh at to at PSN underscore Drager, he says, wow, this story developed quicker than I thought. Chicago has acquired Petrangelo's rights for a 2024th round pick. So, Jimmy, Alex Petrangelo is in Chicago. What do you think about that? Uh, well, uh, Pierce, I'm very, very happy to, uh, and, uh, to, uh, all right, what can I say? Uh, you know, welcome Alex Petrangelo, you know, even all these years on the, uh, Rival Blues. Uh, it's really exciting to see, uh, you know, uh, you know, official Darren Ferris account, the very official um, TSN uh, Darren Ferris. I mean, I mean Darren Drager account. Uh, reporting these great news is a uh, highly sought-after right-handed defenseman, free agent Alex Petrangelo is uh, now officially uh, in talks with the Blackhawks to uh, sign a contract. I'm very excited that this very official account has done so. Yeah, 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 but. You know. All right, taking off the veil. Wow. Uh, but in all actuality, huge news. Uh, huge, huge news. Um, huge. Yeah, yeah. Going with the uh, 
I want to kill myself American politics theme with this podcast so far. Um, yeah. Huge news, but uh, yeah, um, I, honestly, very surprised. We saw um, St. Louis uh, clearing some cap, I believe. Uh, who is it they traded? Jake Allen. It was Jake Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, infamous St. Louis Blue Jake Allen uh, traded to the Canadians. Champion Jake Allen. Yeah, actually, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we saw them clearing up space to sign him. Uh, I think we were all pretty sure that they would make uh, their best effort to uh, re-sign him. Obviously, he's been a huge part of their franchise, the first uh, St. Louis Blue, to uh, hoist the Stanley Cup. Um, but now we see him uh, going to free agency. Um, who do you see is uh, who do you see is a good fit for... Alex Petrangelo. Personally, it's uh, I I I'm not so sure. Um, I I can't really say there's uh, anybody that really stands out to me. I mean, with this cap cap crunch right now, um, I I have a feeling he's not going to get more than six mil. I mean, what is he supposed to do? You know, so, you, these teams can't pull money out of uh, thin air. So before we actually get into that, um. Did we ever talk about the Jake Allen trade? I know it happened like oh sure like a sure month ago now, but yes, like on paper, great maybe trade it did for yes. St. Louis Blues. Like it's a great trade for them. They got I think a third round pick and they cleared up uh four point three five million dollars. I don't know the exact number. Oh my God, is there? But uh, yeah, they cleared that up. Even though Allen had a great season, uh, clearly Bennington is their guy. I mean, he won the cup for them in twenty nineteen. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Montreal, they have, like, I think $15 million invested in goalie. But, I mean, if they have cap space, I mean, might as well use it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, in a vacuum, great trade for St. Louis. But when I look at their cap-friendly page, um, they gave a uh, two-year contract to Robert Botuzo, who I don't think was a regular, but he's making 1.375 for the next two years. Um, Marco, they just signed Mike, Marco Scandello, who they acquired from uh, Montreal, I believe, or mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was Montreal. Because um, I think Buffalo Alex Petrangelo, who, and then uh, Montreal traded him to Buffalo. I'm pretty sure that's how it yes. was. But anyways, four years, three point two seven five zero. Um, Colton Pareko on a sweetheart deal, making five point five for the <laughs> next uh, two years, which is just incredible. But here's the one that just boggles my mind. More so, even more so than the Marco Scandello one, which I think is a slight overpayment, but uh, just uh, easily, fault. in my opinion, holy. Uh, not to mention Marco Scandello modified no trade clause. Here's the thing with Justin Falk: uh, full no trade clause, six point five for the next seven years. I... Oh, he's got seven. Yeah. Oh no. So they invested this money in Marco Scandella and Justin Falk when they <laughs> could have invested this money in. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, and uh, they could have also. They also have to sign Vince Dunn, who's probably going to command some money. I don't know how much. I, oh, he doesn't have no. arbitration rights, but uh, yeah, they got to sign him too. And uh, how much cap space do they have? Um, Troy Brower was on the Brewer Brewers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Blues, other blue and yellow team that I hate. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow i i didn't I did not realize for some reason. I thought Scand I thought that Scandella was a two year deal, maybe three. I thought that Justin Falk was a four. 
Oh man. Seven years for oh, Folk, man. four years for Scandello. Um, That's Scandello, gonna not a fight in trade clause, and then Justin Folk a full no trade clause. Yeah, Falk wasn't that good this year, was he? No, he was not. Uh, looking was at not. his stats, he only had uh, 16 points in 69 games. Nice. And here's the thing. You're not paying that guy to defend. You're paying that guy to, to put points up. Not that solid defensively. Um, but, you know, shame on me for you know, thinking Bowman should have gone after him last offseason. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not in a million years. No. I mean, we already had Eric Gustafson at the time, and Bokefist could be, you know, he has all the potential to be, I mean, much more than what Justin Falk was in the same style of game. So, uh, yeah. Um, wow. That's I what the Stanley Cup teams just screwing themselves over. Like, I was just going to say, man, you're drunk it's... on success. You really are, and you wonder if these GMs just, you know, they – you wonder if they look at this and maybe they just go, well, here we are. And uh, I got my cup. I don't have to worry about anything now. Well, it's almost as if they're going, where can we go from here? What's the next big move? And I mean, the thing is, you have a Stanley Cup winning team. Don't touch it. It's like good. It's really it's it's like an open wound. Like it's like a scab. A little kid. It's like, don't fucking touch it, man. It's perfectly fine. It'll be fine. You have it now. It'll be fine. Excuse me. Holy shit. All right. So Justin Falk is now is, 28 years old. And uh, that contract will take him till he's 35 years old. So. Not as bad as the Seabrook contract, but. I mean, is anything as bad as the Seabrook contract? Literally nothing now. No. I don't yeah, think so. no. It's. It's in the uh, it's like a tier below it because Seabrook has his own tier with that contract, or should I say, Stan Bowman does. No fault to Seabrook there; he just signed paper that I mean, he handed. If someone walks up to you and says, "Hey, would you like uh, fifty-six million dollars or whatever it is over the next eight years?" you say yes. And who's to say that? Who's to say that Seabrook didn't take anything less or say, "I'll take less than what you're offering me"? I mean. Seabrook's a pretty and are you also gonna, guy. Are you, are you also going to say, like, oh, no, um, I, I think I'm going to take less money or, like, I, I don't know. Like, no. it's just, if someone walks up to you and gives you $55, 56000000 million for eight years, you take it. And a no yeah. movement clause. You've hit on this it. enough. But honestly, this is, al- this is almost something that should be said every, every podcast people listen to because God knows how many Blackhawks fans are out there just – Oh, just see, venom seeping through the mouths, waiting to say some shit about this guy. Oh well, but uh, yeah. Now so that the, we've, uh, we've sorry, uh, so the Blues have oh. five million dollars in cap space. They have to sign really only uh, Vince Dunn because they're probably not going to be able to sign Petrangelo. But uh, the thing is, uh, think? Alexander Steen is making five point seven five, only one year left. Tyler Bozak is making five million. Per year, only one year left, so maybe they find a way to. But guys, but guys, the Tyler Bozak, the the Bozak deal isn't bad because you know, but because centers are getting more expensive. Get the fuck out of here with that. No, I like Tyler Bozak, kind of. Actually, no, I don't. I really don't. Well, (laughs) I kind of like. Actually, I really, really don't. I don't mind him. Let me see how many points he put up this year. Because that's here's the thing. It's another player who you're paying him to put up points. You're strictly paying him to put up points. He's not good defensively. 
At least last time I checked, he's not good defensively. Well, so you I wanna... thought he was a wizard in Toronto because he played first-line minutes with Phil Kessel and won face-offs, Jimmy. Yeah, it wasn't like he was getting his points boosted or anything. No, no, no. No, it, it's it's a guy you pay to be on your third line. It's like how Dylan Strome has been on the Blackhawks. Um, he's a guy you put on your third line. He's not going to play defense. You, you pay him strictly for offense. I don't know. I, I'd pay the guy 3.5 mil tops. You know, that's that's the most I'm paying this guy. So, yeah, I don't know. That that deal was bad from the start. It's clearly only gotten worse in the sense that it's biting them right in the ass in terms of any kind of flexibility in free agency or even signing their franchise defenseman, or I should say, well, yeah, right now franchise defenseman, yes. So, um. Again, Alexander Steen, no trade clause, one year left at 5.75. I think they can move that. Same with the Tyler Bozak one, but it's going to probably come at a price if you're uh, St. Louis. And I'm thinking they have their first-round pick, but if I'm a team looking to acquire, take on that salary, I'm saying I want one of uh, Robert Thomas or Jordan Kyrou back. Or a first-round pick. Or a first-round <clears throat> or, or both. Why not both? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's actually, yeah. I feel like we're going to be seeing this. Look at what it took for Marlowe. Marlowe was being paid the same thing. Well, I mean, Bozak is much more effective than Marlowe at this stage, but I mean, come on. I say, yeah, I say it first. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have to give up a first. But like, the thing is, they probably will have to give up a first, but it won't be, what is it, the 12th, the 13th overall pick that Toronto gave up? Yeah, Whereas St. Maybe. Louis, I think is picking in the twenties, but either way, it's gonna it's gonna come at a price for them. And I feel that this is definitely gonna be an interesting off season. Um, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how these teams like St. Louis they don't have much cap space, and obviously we'll get into the Blackhawks in a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing is another aspect of this is how are free agents gonna be handled? Because of course Petrangeli is gonna be going to the free agency, mm-hmm. but what? Well, what team is going to give him big money? What team, what is team can to... give him big yeah. money? I mean, people are – I feel like this is a question that isn't being ta- – or a topic that isn't being talked about enough is that the, the cap hasn't gone up. Like, No, it's stagnant. If the cap – yeah, the cap had gone up. You know, yeah, we're talking about him getting 8 mil, maybe 9 mil if a team really wants to pay. I wouldn't do it, but hey, hockey, man. But cap's flat. You know, this, this, isn't, this isn't possible right now. I mean, it is, but – Man, you, uh, I, I mean, even with hockey men, I have a very, very strong feeling you're not going to uh, find someone doing that right now. So this so. is from uh, Jeremy Rutherford, who writes for the St. Louis at the Athletic. The Blues' current offer is $7.7 million annual average per, but uh, Petrangelo has been asked to accept the AAV without knowing the structure of the deal. So that's... Uh, what the that's fuck? Interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, that's not how to negotiate yeah. at all. I'll give you a seven million per, but we're not gonna we're not gonna let you know if you get any uh, bonuses or if it's front loaded or back loaded or any of that stuff. You know? Did they talk to him about term? Does he know term? I it didn't say uh, term or length or anything in that tweet. It just said that he was only uh, knowing that uh, seven point uh, seven million average per year, and that's the thing. How are they gonna afford that? Because right now it says on cap friendly they only have five point one five million dollars. Yo, why are you handing out that? Okay. This is some New Jersey bullshit. Handing out money before you have it. Maybe they have a trade in the works. I don't know, but like I at least I would from imagine. That perspective, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, 
St. Louis, they're going to be an interesting team mm-hmm. uh, going forward. And just like the whole thing of, I don't know if I brought this up, but it's going to be an interesting dynamic on how negotiate, like negotiations going to happen. You know, are, are players going to take these one-year contracts, maybe go to a, like a better team and take less money, but hey, you might uh, win the Stanley Cup with uh, less money, or do they try to take as much money as they can and go to like a place like Detroit? And even though they're not a good team, it's just going to be... This whole off season is going to be wacky. We've we always say it every year that's going to be a wacky off season, but particularly this year, no, with, that's uh, one for the, sure. The flat cap and not a lot of teams with a whole bunch of wiggle room. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting, definitely. And uh, I think you move uh, Carl Gunnarsson or Robert Bertuzzo for sure. Yeah, but, or Steiner Bozak if they and that's even if because I think they both have uh, no trade or no movement clauses, and that's. They want to waive it, and then they probably got to give up an asset for to, to for someone to take that contract again, like maybe their first round pick. Which, if I'm St. Louis, I would rather that than someone like uh, Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas or one of their young guys. Yes. <clears throat> the thing is, too, when you're you're trading these guys, you're only you're getting rid of that money plus, or well, you're getting rid of that minus whatever contract replaces that from the minors because i mean if they find a way to re-sign petrangelo man they're gonna have a lot of elcs on that team and in league players which um in my opinion some of these players here i mean i would uh, i i really uh i i see them as a bit replaceable robert bertuzzo carl gunnerson um correct me if i'm wrong but i just don't see him as a guy as guys who uh are all that Special in their own right, Marco Scandella. Oh. Marco Scandella, man. Like Marco I mean, Scandella is not bad defensively, but I wouldn't pay him what they're paying him right now. Oh yeah, three points. I mean, at least with Calvin Dahan, Dahan's a very good shutdown defenseman, but he's also injured, so I can't really argue that. What am I saying? But I, ah man, oh man. All right, yeah, so I'm gonna go through. I'm going to go through all the contracts on the Blues, and you tell me if this is a good contract or not. So, Vladimir Tarasenko, three years left at 7.5 with a no-trade clause, good or bad? That is what it should be. All right. Ryan O'Reilly, Conn Smythe winner. Uh, Three years left at 7.5, as well as a Vladimir Tarasenko, good or bad? That is a goddamn bargain. That's a 9 mil player, in my opinion, but go on. Here's where it gets interesting. Brain Shen, eight years left. He's 29 years old, 6.5. Hold, pause, 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 pause. Eight no years clause. left? Yeah, no pause. trade clause. 29, 6.5 per. Eight years left. Yep, 6.5 for no trade clause, 29 years old. I mean, it's... Oh, God, that... It's only not a Seabrook contract because it was signed now and the money will be less but even with the cap being flat maybe i mean man that is bad it's probably gonna be a good decent first half but after that that's dude good. he's not he's like with louis erickson the deal was bad but like he was never a physical player Braden shen is an incredibly physical player those guys they wither down fast Oh yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting. So faster, at least. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad contract. That's not. Nah. I give it three years till it becomes bad. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh man, I have like a sneeze coming on, but uh, <laughs> uh, I hate that. But uh, go on. Uh, Jane Schwartz, one year left at five point three five, and that's gonna be interesting too because they're gonna have to sign him too if they if that's. Oh, and I like Jane Schwartz. I think that's a great one year left. But yeah, he's gonna get. I think he gets six, maybe seven mil if he uh, has a good year, and he he can have good years in him. He's had him. David Perron, uh. <sighs> Modified no trade clause, two years left at four million dollars, thirty-two years old. That's actually, I think that's a fantastic contract because yeah. Perron is a very weird player. You don't know where you're going to get out of him year in year out. Um, and so if he does play, if he has a down year, um, the way he's had down years in the past, you're still, I still don't think you're paying him too much. So I think that's a fantastic contract. Next one, Oscar Sungfist, three years left at 2.75. He is 26 years old. Stupid. <laughs> you don't need that guy on your team. I mean, maybe, okay, maybe he's a good penalty killer, and uh, there's something I don't know about this guy, but he's also a piece of shit, so. Guess what his uh, career high in points are? Oh, boy. What's 31. Up? I mean, fine, but this guy gets suspended, like, what I mean, it seems like every, like twice, once, twice a year. I'm not a fan of the guy. I mean, maybe I don't know. Seems fine, I guess. I don't know. It's not horrible, but it's just you could probably the term. Get it's the term for that. Yeah. In fact, he has three. Yeah, whatever. It's it reminds me of Andrew Shaw, but not as bad. But not as bad. Also, Shaw uh, doesn't look like a fucking horse. Sorry, I have to say it. I hate that. Oh, I fucking wow. Hate <laughs> oh man. Um, Zachary Stanford, one year left at uh, $1.5 million. Uh, how much? How how many years? My bad. Just one year left. He's an oh, RFA that's, that's next fine. year. Yeah. yeah, low risk. Or low, yeah, low risk, high reward. Yeah, I think we're starting to get down to these contracts. There's, like, not really anything. So yeah. uh, Samuel Blay, two years left at $1.5. Then yeah, Ivan fine. Barbershev, $1.4. Barbershev? Barbershop, bro. I've been barbershop. You said you said barbershop. I swear I said barbershop. Bro, he's a barber. Can he cut my hair? Bro. Like he cut G. Um, but yeah, he's an RFA next year. Uh, blah blah blah. Mackenzie McCreckman. I don't know how to say his name. Two years left at nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that yeah. guy. That guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I asked the fucking guy. Mm. Um, and then Robert Thomas. And uh, Jordan Cairo both have contracts next year. I don't think Jordan Cairo is going to make all that much, but Robert Thomas is going to want a pay increase. So um, next year is also very interesting for them because uh, Robert Thomas is going to get paid. Alexander Steen is a UFA. He might even retire because he's 36. Jordan James Schwartz is a UFA who you have to think they want to resign. Tyler Bozak they probably won't resign. Um, Sanford's an RFA. I don't think he'll get too much. Barbashev definitely will want an increase. He's an RFA, but then uh, Thomas and Cairo. Thomas is going to be the big one, RFA. And then uh, on to defense, Justin Falk. <laughs> I think we already touched on this, but uh, good or bad contract. T- um, <laughs> no, I- I'm going to pull it up right here. I'm just going to make it way easy. I'm going to make it easy so we can get into some more meaningful, actual good city teams. Uh, good city teams. Good city teams. It's a very, uh, yeah, very articulate uh, term I just made up. And also Jordan Justin Falk, bad. Colton Pareko, uh, fucking mm-hmm. great. Marco Scandella, gross. Carl Gunnarsson, fine. 
Robert Bertuzzo. Nah, oh. don't like having oh. two years. Don't like paying him more than a, than one mil. Uh, Alex Petrangelo. Oh, there's nothing. Oh my, oh me. Oh really? There's nothing. I thought he was. That's great. Huge shocker there. Uh, Vince Dunn. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see. You said, oh, uh, yeah, Jordan. Lewis, am I right? Hey, uh, yeah, Jordan Bennington has. Oh, I thought he got one year, but yeah, I guess he has one year, four point four point four. I mean, that's that's. I think that's fair. I think that's what you should be paying him. Um, I don't think you should be paying him at all if you're trying to win because he uh, he's not an elite goaltender. But I mean, that's just my opinion. But yeah, St. Louis is a. Uh, we should do this more often, where you just like deep dive in the teams. I don't like St. I mean, Louis. I would. Yeah. Well, let's go look at some teams that are actually good. Not like St. Louis. And not a bum that went out in the first round and only won one more game than the Blackhawks. Not a not a team that literally had Tyler Ma pull a one hand fucking windmill <laughs> deep on them. I mean, love Tyler Mott, but like, holy shit, man. You can't let Tyler Mott do that to you. I mean, come on. <laughs> you just can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. So, right. uh, I mean, I don't know, like, what teams would be interesting. Obviously, interested in Petrangelo, but the main one, of course, is Toronto, and you're somewhat of a Toronto fan, so what do you think about that? Hi, I'm a Toronto tolerator. The way this team plays. Uh... Who let me? Uh, I'm gonna pull up their cap friendly really quick because I, you know, for all the flag Dubis guts, I do think that he is. I, th- I do think he is capable of pulling off some uh, cap wizardry when he needs to. I mean, it, it's partially Jim Rutherford being Jim Rutherford and having his eye uh, starting yeah, to have his uh, post dynasty aneurysms. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's post. It's again. It's like the Blues. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why did out. you sign Jack Johnson? Why did you trade a first-round pick and your best forward prospect for Kasperi Kapanen? For someone, it's like, well, if he plays with Sidney Crosby, he should be, and uh, or Kenny Malkin, he should be fine. Well, he got the chance to play with Tavares and Matthews. I mean, it's not like it's you a, can get a guy like this in free agency for under a mil, for under a buck. Yeah. You trade a first a mid first round pick. You were lucky to get a pick this good as a, as a team this good. You traded that away and your only very good forward prospect as a team that year in year out is known as a contender. Not that you showed that in the playoffs, but that's what you're known year in year out as. You don't have much in the cupboard. You took the only loaf of bread. And you threw it to everybody. You threw it to... I mean, you threw it to Jeff Bezos is basically what you did. So, good on you. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. England's I, technically have not won a playoff game in uh, since 2018 because they got swept in 2019 and they only won <laughs> one game in the qualifying round in 2020. So, if you want to count that as the playoffs or whatever, but, like, they haven't... They technically haven't won a playoff game and. And since 2018, and if you do want to count that win, well, then only one win. It's not. It's not like it's much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's look at. Uh, let me get there. Let's look at the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I was. I didn't think there was any way that this is going to happen. 
honestly, I, I really don't know if I like it for Toronto. I will die on the, the hill. That it's the term that will hurt. It's always the term. I I love Tavares. He's uh Tavares, Tavares. Tavares. God love Tavares. my boy Johnny T Giant Tavares. Um I mean honestly one of my favorite players of all time. And I, I rode the high of him coming to Toronto. You know, it was a great story and whatnot. But Pajama Boy. Pajama boy and all. Yeah, but it's We don't need you. <laughs> the sad thing is they clearly don't. So I'm I'm a little salty about that, but um but, but mean, you hey, know, they could have used a used an extra goal last night. You know, we'll get into that later. But, oh, yeah, I, you know. I completely forgot they were eliminated. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, still going farther than I uh, for the Maple Leafs. But uh, however, um, not that that's a high bar, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I uh, don't worry. I don't take any offense to that. That's just a fucking fact. But um, Forget the Blackhawks went further than they did. Yeah. That's when you know it's bad. Well, the Blackhawks didn't face a real team. The uh, Leafs did, so I guess that's the issue there. But I uh, what a, a dis to Vegas, dude. As much as I love Tavares, I uh, I really think that he should have stayed in New York. I mean, understand chasing a cup and whatnot, but uh, Barry Trotz is a you know he's he um, left he's, when it was there all along. <laughs> <laughs> that whole fucking video is going through my head. Oh my god. And look at the kid. Look what he's doing. He's flourishing under Barry Trotz's new system. He's actually <laughs> scoring at a lower rate, but please tell me more about it. Anyways, yeah, um, I, I'm not a fan of that Tavares contract. Um, I mean, he was going to get 11 mil. He could have gotten more from teams. Uh, I just don't like it Apparently, in Toronto. San Jose you know, was offering, I think, 13 mil. Jesus! If you could imagine if he went to San Jose. Man, imagine John Tavares going, oh, don't worry. I'll only take 13.5 mil. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, I mean, God, what, isn't Panarin making less than him? I think Panarin's making like 11.6 something, something like that. that. That's what he should be making. Okay. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, don't like that contract. Okay, I need to get into that. No, my bad. If you don't have Tavares, I know this has been beaten to death. You don't sign Tavares. You easily – you have Petrangelo easier. You're able to build your team a little bit deeper. I know it's been beaten to death. I understand. I do still believe that, though. Um, not that I was saying that from day one of the, the contract, but I've been beating this drum for about the last half year. And, yes, it's easier to say that with hindsight, but – I'm still going to say it with hindsight. It It's just not a good contract vision. for them. Ho, ho, ho. No, that's funny. You need to no, keep that, saying that because that makes me laugh. Bro, you, I can just hear you wheezing right now. I'm trying to keep it in for the podcast. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here we go. Uh, they um, Projected cap hit right now is 75.4. Projected cap space is 6.11. Restricted free agents. Let's see what they have. Oof, they got a few. Mikheyev, Mulgan, Gauthier, and Evan Rodriguez. I mean, Evan Rodriguez, you can qualify if you want to. Danny Mulgan, Dennis Mulgan. Um, I mean, you can get Mulgan at like Bro, a buck and a half. Bro, they have Mulgan. They got him in that trade too. Whoa, I'll never forget when the trade. when everyone was saying Mulgan to the to the uh, to the Leafs because he he wasn't uh, on the ice for warmups, and then like and then like a few days later they get Mulgan, and that may have been the 
some of the best timing in sports I've ever seen. Just very, very niche, very niche humor as I have. But you got a lot of free agents here. You've got Jason Spezza, Kyle Clifford. Clifford, they said, is gone. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's coming back. You know, Jason Spezza, who left uh, the uh, 2020 Stanley Cup final Dallas Stars um, to chase a cup in Toronto, um, is also a free agent. Or the island. Oh, he'll be leaving Toronto, you know, that pajama boy, he's soft. I'm sure he'll be leaving them just like he left New York, that trader. But then he goes to London because he has, of course, has to win a championship because he couldn't stay in Ottawa in the OHL. He couldn't win with them. He had to go to London, but then he gets drafted by the editors. I like I like the way he played in the island. Brings him to the second round, but then he leaves, and he hasn't won since. Uh, just clear, clear, clear proof that John Tavares is nothing but a traitor. You don't need him on your team. Has he ever won anything? I no. don't think so. I think he, he's has a gold medal. Pretty, he seems he does not seem like a guy who would make a magical play, in my opinion. Bro, bro, bro. You Let's know see, Mark. We've been great with in the island. Hmm? Uh, I'm pretty sure they played together for. No, they, they did. Year. I think they were pretty but good. You know though. what? They never played together in the playoffs when the matter when it, the games mattered the most. Could you imagine in Game Six? Jordan Everly already got the overtime winner in Game Five. Could you imagine Game Six, dying seconds, and then? John Tavares puts a play on net, and Jordan Everly gets the video. Could you believe that, Jimmy? Would you be able to believe that? Man, you know what? I'm sure that, man, I can imagine a Russian player like Nikita Kucherov. Oh, you would have been crushed. Oh, you would have been Because his team is forced to a game bench. seven. Oh. Oh. I, honestly, honestly, I don't think I could even believe it if a play like that happened. Pierce? Wait, you know what, Jimmy? I could! Why is that? Because... Kucherov iced the puck. <laughs> now look at the Lightning bench. They're crushed. Yeah. Would you say that would be a magical play by John Tavares? Yeah, he stepped up and made a magical play. And Brandon Saad is not a good defensive player either. Oh, God. Oh, let's just uh, – we'll save that quote for later. But uh, anyways, to uh, – let's see. Back to uh, a hockey team, uh, the boring stuff, the boring parts of this. Um, the Leafs badly need to resign three defensemen being Cody CC, Tyson Berry, and Travis Dermott. Just kidding. Let the two UFAs walk. Tyson Berry, I'm um, just going to say, man, man, oh man, did the Leafs lose that Tyson Berry trade. Um, but he's right-handed and he's a defenseman. How do you lose a trade like that? He scores points. He's a right-hand. Yeah. There's no way. That can't happen in today's NHL. Bro, and Kadri gets suspended in the playoffs. He would never get past the first round. Like, we we already saw it in Colorado. They can't win. Oh, uh, of course they can't. I mean, okay, so most of these guys, they're on. I mean, Justin Hull's two mil. That's a good contract for him. Everybody office. else, it's – you got guys under one mil. I mean, you're going to sign Travis Dermott, I would guess, to two mil. Um, I mean, you got to trade oh, – God, who do you trade? You gotta trade somebody big. Bro, I mean Janssen. Janssen's gotta be gone there. And at that point, you're only on a roster. In a roster, you're only. Oh my god, man. I don't see how they do it. I mean, you gotta trade a Nylander, and that's. Do you think they trade Anderson to Chicago for uh, Boakfist and Subban? Oh my fucking god. 
(laughs) (laughs) But do you realistically see them trading Anderson and keeping Campbell as a full-time starter? So here's the thing with Anderson. Uh, I believe they said that Anderson's actual salary is not as high as his actual cap hit. So even though his cap hit is $5 million, I believe I did see this. Uh, His base salary is only $1 million. Um, His signing bonuses is $4 million. I don't know when that is due for him. I'd imagine at free agency. But uh, any team looking for a goalie, starting goalie for one year, at only one million actual dollars, uh, Anderson might be their guy. If you're Toronto, obviously you're downgrading by going from Anderson to Campbell. But uh, could you just imagine the uh, value get back? Say like uh, Adam Oakfist from Chicago, you know, or Malcolm Subban. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can. You can sure imagine. Oh, you can sure imagine. I'm sure you would get that exact player, Adam Oakfist, who, well, according to a. a, a specific Toronto account who apparently in one day went from being a good prospect to absolute shit. That was very weird to see, but, uh, that's weird, bro. Very weird how that happens. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe Arizona gets him and just keeps continuing to have two goalies and then starting goalies. Yes. And they continue to have two injured goalies every year. (laughs) Um, but let's look, cause I actually want to, I want to, touch on this idea really quick yeah i think this is interesting this uh possibility of petrangelo going somewhere uh like toronto and anderson going to uh, i've seen vegas pop up too which i mean theodore and petrangelo that's gross icky let's see cap space all right cap space i'm pretty sure vegas is up against it but if they somehow get rid of flurry i mean anything's possible i guess all right, so projected cap hit. Lowest we have here is, well, this is for 20, 2021. Projected cap hit, well, let's see, with like about an average 69 out of 23, it's 67. Oh, that's mil. nice. That's pretty nice, dude. I mean, the Sharks could use a goal. Oh, Sharks could use a goalie. Yeah, they've been needing a goalie for like the past three years now, and they've done absolutely nothing. I mean, to I'm not going to lie. That defense is almost, almost, almost as bad as the 2017-18 Blackhawks. Or 2018-19 Blackhawks. Yeah. Maybe not from uh, actual personnel-wise, but uh, contract-wise, definitely. Yes. And how much turmoil they're in. Yeah. Yeah, It's awful. I mean, maybe Calgary? Excuse me. (laughs) Maybe Calgary takes a run here? Um. I could see Calgary. Um, For Flurry, sorry? Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about Anderson. Well, e- either one. Oh, Anderson. I mean, oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, I mean, who does Calgary have? Who does Calgary uh, have as a restricted free agent? Um, Medjiapani. They have Talbot and Ridge, but the thing is, like, they started Talbot. They haven't started Ridge for a playoff game yet. They've given either Smith or Talbot the starting role, so... I don't know, man. I don't know, like, what their goaltending situation is. Do they re-sign Talbot? I don't know. I don't know, man. They've had, like, a big goalie carousel there, because I remember a few years ago it was uh, Elliot and uh, Chad Johnson. 
And then they have like Jonas Hiller a few like even before that, and like Kari Rama. They've just been going through a bunch of goalies because they haven't been able to find one since Mika Kiprusov. But uh, they somehow are able to get Anderson. I think that's. I would very much, for their sake, for their sake, I hope they go after Anderson and not uh, Mark Andre Fleury. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Definitely. I think well, I think you and I can agree on that. A lot it'd of probably be, okay. it'd probably be cheaper for them to get Anderson too. Well, yeah, obviously it would, but like, yeah. I used to get Flurry back. He might get an asset back from Pace. I don't know, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, because you're gonna pay for Anderson. Yeah, but either one of those teams, yeah. I mean, you could. I think yeah, Flurry and Anderson. I think those are the pieces. I mean, I. It's either you move Anderson or you move Nylander. I mean, that's just. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. It's going to be this giant-ass goalie carousel this offseason. Uh, Kadobin, who, of course, is playing for the Stars. He's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Jacob Marsham's an unrestricted free agent. Brayden Holtby is. Corey Crawford is. Robin Leonard is. Uh, I could go on and on and on who is an unrestricted goalie free agency. So we're going to see a lot of different goalies on a lot of different teams next year. One second here. I would like looking at... Uh, some uh, teams cap friendly plays and I'm still in the Toronto one. I just like looking down at uh, buyout history. They still have one year left at uh, 1.79 for Mikhail Grabowski. Jesus. <laughs> and they're still retaining uh, $900,000 off uh, Phil Kessel's contract for the next two years. Wow. Of course they are. <sighs> I mean, I, yeah, I think he, I think Nylander. It's, you're moving Nylander or you're moving Marner. And I don't know. Uh, I like Nylander more, but I think. Oh, for sure. What are you going to move that one 11 mil of Martyr that he clearly underperformed under after this year? And they've given them the eight. I mean, it's Nylander. I don't. Not that I don't think that has any like much uh, to it, but yeah, I I don't know. I would Um, love to hear um, from Toronto fans. Like what, who if who do you rather move Neander or Marner? Who like obviously you're gonna get more back for Neander. Do you still move Marner even though? Um, I don't know because I, I feel like those are the only two players. It's those two or it's Anderson and you know maybe Anderson's. I I, I mean personally I think he's a better move than those two because you would definitely get a lot back for Anderson. Just yeah, like and he's he's leaving next year anyways. He's not going to be back after next year. After uh, yeah, next. Are season. they making Campbell the full time starter after he leaves then? Yeah, that's that's well. I know they Is have a couple of good prospects uh, in the works. I forget their names. Oh god, it's Ian it's, Scott. Uh, uh, Ian Scott, yes. That's and, one uh, that comes off the top of my head. Wolf, uh, Joseph I believe. Wall. Wall. <laughs> yeah. The brick wall. Joseph Wall. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I uh, for me it's you move Anderson or you move Neilander, and if you're moving Neilander, you're moving him to the Blackhawks. There's just nobody else to move him to. So, bro, Neilander from Neilander, that'd be epic. I think I would gladly do. I mean, it's I would I would do it. Not I mean, what I do it first for Neilander? I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole question for would later. You but trade the there are definitely different teams that will. For hmm? Would you trade the 17th overall pick straight up for Nylander? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, if I if I have a deal in place to get more cap off the books, yes. But yeah, if I exactly. you know if I was a GM that didn't trade for Andrew Shaw, Olimata, and Calvin DeHaan, and Zach Smith, 
And Zach Smith. Well, Zach Smith is fair because it's less and money. Signed, and then signed Brent Seabrook to a eight-year contract. But last, it's close. that last dude. Last last year, he picked up about twelve million in about three to, between two to four years of term between those three contracts. And there's one I'm missing, I think. The only good move uh, he made was Ryan Carpenter. I mean, Dahan was nice, but like, you know, made a glass. traded him knowing that he's he's made a glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, dark horse. Who's your dark horse? You know what? Dark horse. Uh, dark horse nominee for uh, Alex Petrangelo. I'm gonna go off the. Off oh the yeah, we're yeah. talking about Petrangelo. Here's my Carolina. Favorite. Just say Car- let's just say oh Carolina. Because they get all the, they get all the defensemen. Man. Every defenseman lives in Carolina. You know what mine is? What's up? Colorado. That's not bad at all. Because I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast and it's just like, why don't all the players like uh, Taylor Hall, Tori Krug, Alex Petrangelo just all sign on Colorado for one year at like two million dollars and just walk up there. That's, that's what I'm saying, dude. These players do pull a Kevin Durant. Yeah. Sign for one or two years cheap. This this cap situation, it's it's its own thing. This probably won't happen ever again. Hopefully, never again. Let's but, hope it doesn't ever happen. Yeah. Again. It. I mean, it. It. No, I mean, my country, dude. It will. But <laughs> it's still. You know, it's it's Sorry, inescapable. It's, it's still bad here too in Canada. Not the best. But um, yeah. I mean, players Anyways, take advantage of this. On a hockey, a guy like Tory Krug should go to a team where he can sign for you know, like, I'd say two years, you know, average two two mil per year. Go to a team where you're gonna produce even more offensively than you did this year, and then at, and hopefully in a couple of years when the cap starts rising, you get paid. You get paid even more than you were gonna get paid before because money inflates. The cap inflates. And if somehow, hoping, fingers crossed, things go back to normal within the next couple yes. of years, there will be a new TV deal that's more money. And hopefully the cap at least goes up like a mil or two. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it's supposed to stay stagnant uh, for this year next year. So, yeah, you're, if you're a UFA, I'm looking for like maybe two, three, four years. I'm signing two years at two mil per, yeah. per year. And like cash in whenever the TV deal comes up and – yeah. Yeah. I you know what? In all seriousness though, in all seriousness, I yeah, I don't know if the Avalanche can do it technically. I don't know their situation, but sure. Why not? You know what? Let's Why take not? Let's, yeah, let's let's do it. Colorado Avalanche. The th- stupid thing about Colorado is too, is not not only um, do they have all these great players? They also have Alex Newhook in the system, who I don't think is going to play this year, but uh, I believe he was up for the Hobie Baker Award as a freshman, I think. And uh, yes. they also have. I believe uh, he won it. No, he lost to Adam Fox. That's no, I think it was this year. Adam Fox is playing this year. I can't remember who was, but uh, you got. Oh, no, uh, Adam Fox won the Hobie Baker, I believe, the year? Yeah, oh, no, my bad. Go ahead. I completely yeah. misheard you. I was thinking Kale McCarr. Uh, my bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they have Connor Timmons in the system, and, of course, you got uh, Bowen Byram, who are all on entry-level contracts and can come up and play and uh, plug those holes, holes no pr- problem. 
Um, but uh, yeah, sorry. Twenty two point four million dollars in cap space. This is who they have to sign. Uh, what should have been Hart, a uh, finalist, Valerie Nichushkin, um, Colin Wilson, Matt Nieto, Tyson Jost, uh, Kamenev, Burkowski. Burkowski is really the only guy on that forward list that stands out as someone who's going to want a bit of an increase. Then you look on defense, Ryan Graves, he's probably going to want an upgrade. Uh, Kanan, they're probably going to go to free MC. Zadorov might want a bit of a uh, raise, but like looking at it, they really don't have anyone that wants a major increase. So technically, if they wanted to, they could probably go after one of uh, a big big name free agents. They could. Oh, they could easily go after Petrangelo. You know what? I'm saying I'm saying Petrangelo, the Avalanche. That's that's where I'm sitting right now. You change then, my mind there. Their right side is uh is Petrangelo, Makar, and Johnson. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How much is Johnson making? Uh, six million for the next three years. Jesus, flip him, flip him. Oh, that's what I would do totally. But he has a modified no trade clause and a no movement clause. Make him wave it, and then yeah. flip him for Dobbin Dubeldorf for you know, under a million. Must flip it. Yeah, and just pay him under a million a year. It doesn't doesn't matter. Fucking sign Kyle Kamiski again. Take him out of retirement. You have Blacklock's you're going to have Ryan Graves, Sam Gerard, Bowen Byram on your left, Kale McCarr, Alex Petrangelo, and Will Bisflit, or where the fuck it needs to be Our on the teams. right side. It doesn't matter. Your defense is unreal. Your team is unreal. Yeah. If your bar can stay healthy, that team very much yeah. is a cup favorite. Fuck even Francois or however the fuck you say it. I don't want to say it. I even though it's been a year since he's been on his the fellow Francois, yeah. Oh, pr- Francois, yeah, whatever. He's been there. He's been there. He can year, stop. He can sure. stop some pucks too. He, they're, uh, they're he does good. that goalie thing pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah. All right. Well, I think. Uh, I think we want to move on for Petrangelo. What do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. Let's, we spent a lot of time talking about the Blues. Who else was at the Maple Leafs and Ugh, Saint Saint? Whatever. Not um, good. Am I right? So, uh, according to Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts, um, Blackhawks have inquired about Darcy Kemper. I don't think those are the exact words, but uh, they have had some interest in Darcy Kemper. uh, All that matters is that we know Darcy Kemper is going to come here and uh, win a couple of cups. It's all that really, really really matters there. But, uh, man, um, how do you feel about that? Do you want them to... uh, Chase after that possibility. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I fucking love Darcy Kemper. I think he is a top five goalie in the NHL. Um, he was incredible in that uh, qualifying round against Nashville. And uh, even though they got destroyed by Colorado, I think it could have been an embarrassing sweep if it weren't for Darcy Kemper. Um, sure. In front of, uh, I'd say, just an average team there in Arizona, even though I picked them to go to the second round, I'm pretty sure. Um but uh, yeah, Arizona, they're interesting too. Um, just like with their whole situation, the whole um thing where mm-hmm. they got fined their first round. They don't. Okay, let me pull up their uh, cap friendly here because I think they don't have their first two picks in this draft or the first two picks in the next draft. Just let me confirm that. So this year they don't have a pick in the first three rounds. Next year, they don't have their first, they don't have their third, and if they ever sign Taylor Hall, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they do, they won't have their second for next year. So if Taylor Hall re-signs, that means they're tied up in more money and they won't have their first three picks in this year's draft or next year's draft. And 
they just gave up a bunch of like like they got a like the extension for Keller's kicking in. He's making seven point one five. Uh, Phil Kessel is making six point eight. Uh, Derek Stepan has still has another year of six point five. Nick Schmoltz is making five point eight five million dollars for the next seven years. Um, Christian Dvorak is making four point four five for the next six years. Sorry, Schmoltz is six years. Um, Michael Grabner is making three point three for the next one year, but uh, yeah. Um, Lawson Krause making one point five. Uh, and here's the big one: Oliver Ekman Larson, seven more years at eight point two five. Alex Kolakowski has five point one year left at five point five seven five. Dromerson one year left at five million dollars. Chikrin has five years left at four point six. And uh, looking at Darcy Kemper, five point four point five for the next two years. So um, bringing that back into Chicago, that would very much be perfect for them if they somehow can sign Crawford. And the thing with them is that uh, apparently they're off on the dollars, but. Uh, we take a look at uh, Darcy Kemper's actual salary this year. It's only three point five, so he's making four point five an actual like cap hit, like cap hit. But his actual money is three point five for just this year. So if you're Chicago wanting to save money and you want that starting goalie because somehow Crawford cannot uh, resign, uh, I'm definitely looking at Darcy Kemper. Thirty years old. He had an amazing season this year, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think you should give up your 17th overall pick. But if you're gonna talk trade with uh, Arizona, it definitely if you're from Arizona's end of things, you definitely want to start with that a 17th overall pick and then yeah. meet somewhere in the middle. If yeah, but uh, yeah, Arizona. Oh man, I do not uh, envy their situation right now. It just is no, not good. They have so much money invested in their players where they haven't really done anything in terms of, like, making a playoff run. And, yeah, just no movement clause for Oliver Ekman-Larsen. I wonder how that's going to go over well. Phil Kessel, first year here, disappointment. It's oh, just, hold up. Let me pull up Phil Kessel's stats from last I think he season. He only had, like, 34 points or something like that. Yeah, I don't even think he was half a point per game. He was not good at all. It was by far his worst year in the NHL. Like, oh, yeah, I don't think it was close. This is just, oh, he had a rough year, like, this is Arizona, man. He had 14, 14 goals, 24 assists in 38 games, or in 30, for 38 points in 70 games. Oh, you vain, man. Oh, yeah, okay. and uh, last time... Okay, hold up. Let me give you uh, an idea. The oh, last the time... That bad. Whoa, he had... He had... Oh, <laughs> I was missing one line there. The uh, last time he had a point total lower than that, was in his second year, or his, his first two years in the NHL, he had less points, and the second one was 37. Um, in the 2012 13 season, well, that's just a while ago, that's not fair to compare. But Phil Kessel, how old is the guy? 32. He's not the oldest, and he's not a physical player, so he's not going to wire, he's not going to wear down the fastest. He had 82 points, he was a point per game. With Pittsburgh I say he had before. 92 points in uh, 2017-18, if I'm not mistaken. Something like Nailed that. it on the head. Nailed oh, it. Oh, wow. He was just above a point per game this year. Or half a point <laughs> half of a point per game. He was just yeah, a over half a point per game. that's a big drastic difference. Very, very. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, just not working out there. Nothing is working out in Arizona. And there's just more proof of it. Um, you want You want to pull your hair out? What's up? What is it? Blackhawks finished 12th in their conference this year, correct? 
I believe so, yes. Because I yeah. only think Anaheim, I think oh, it's trick the California team. Trick question. It's, uh, yeah. It'll play into this. Don't worry. No, don't worry. I knew the answer. That's why this is awful. They have 8 mil in cap space. The Coyotes? The Blackhawks. Oh, the Blackhawks, yeah. It's okay. 12th place in their conference. Coyote only have like $1 million left in cap Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, $1 million. So That's, oh, that's hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear God, that's one of the worst. Like, that's, okay, listen, even when the Sanders were bad. It was, cap it's not like they invested a bunch of money into players where they haven't done anything. At least like the, Coy- the Senators, you know you're bad. Coyotes, they actually tried to do something They're this year. They're trying to be good. Completely and backfired. How do they have that much cap? John Chaka is not, I'm sorry, John Chaka is not a good GM. He was oh, not man. a good GM. And who knows how much influence there was from the president or the owner, but holy shit, man. Because, I mean, it sounds like there was some bad blood there. I mean, it sounds like there was, so maybe there's something we don't know. But either way, the results are awful. Um, but to uh, get into the Blackhawks situation uh, regarding this, personally, I'm, I'm very, I'm very... I'm leaning more towards not trading for Kemper, and I'm a guy I love Darcy Kemper uh, after these last two seasons. I mean, you know, oh yeah, me too. Like, I would yeah. love Kemper, but if they're going to give up that 17th overall pick for him, yeah, I don't well, think he's not 25, 24. He's 30 years old. You're only getting five yeah. years younger. And is the five years are the five years really worth a second round pick? I mean, if I, it's I, a I could actually pick, I think so, but not a first round pick. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because the second the second round pick, I'm cool with. But if they're yeah, because we're talking a first round pick here, that's what Arizona's going to want. Um, but at the same time, Arizona's in the corner. You work them for everything they've got. But it's not like they, Chicago's going to be the only team in there. You know, there's going to be a lot of other teams. Betting, oh, for sure. So, you know, they're going to be outbid. But I would love to capture to Chicago. That's like my dream. Hey, I. You know what? You know what? Throw a guy in there, second, and throw a prospect in there. I'm not, you know what? In that case, I'm not against it, but don't. Ah, but still, it's tough. It's the 2020 NHL draft. That's the only reason I'm not so that so sure about this. But it's also Darcy Kemper. You got to give up. That's what I'm saying, man. That's the thing. I mean, that guy, he can play. Um, if you want to see my article, uh, that'll be up soon on the uh, Crow's Nest. Darcy Kemper, um, uh, he put up. Or Jesus, excuse me. He faced, I believe, um, the uh, second most high danger chances, or uh, in the entire NHL. Um, it was either he t- he faced the most second or uh, the second most, or was only um, or was just above of Corey Crawford in terms of uh, yeah, he was just behind him. Yeah, God, I just talked myself in circles there, but yeah, he was right behind Corey Crawford in. Oh. The uh, most hygiene chances uh, faced per game in the entire playoffs uh, for goalies. Yeah, that's not surprising. He had a yeah, 347 goals against average and a 913 save percentage. Yeah, not the best save percentage, but he was facing, he, he faced the second most. But uh, yeah, think of all the high games or more. Like, dude, goalies, like nine games. That's He was in two playoff rounds. You know, like that doesn't, that's not nothing. No, and he had to face uh, McKinnon and his uh, and the Avalanche. 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it, take into account who they're playing, and take into like, and yeah, take into account what, you know, how many high danger chances this guy's facing every fucking game. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just if there's anybody I want to replace Crawford, it's him. I'm, you know what, dude? If I'm if I'm the Hawks, I'm trading I'm trading for Kemper and I'm drafting Askarov. That's interesting. You've got Kemper for the next five, whatever. I mean, ah, but do you? Fuck. Oh, so it's definitely just... two because it's, he has two years left on his contract. But the you got him for is, two. Be I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Askarov had a shutout in the KHL, if I'm not mistaken. I oh, no, I saw it. I was losing it on Twitter. I, I, and he, he, had, he made worked. like a great big breakaway save, too. Like 33 saves. Just, 33 saves. I'm very cautious of goalies going that high, but like Eskarov just might be the real deal. I was cautious of Spencer Knight, the idea of drafting Spencer Knight. Obviously, we weren't going to give him at three, but I was cautious of the idea at 12. When we yeah, I did not. I, I was never really high on Spencer Knight, but like Eskarov, like I can. I, if he's the, available, you grab him. And you run and you don't look back. That kid is special. That kid is genuinely special. You take him if you can. I remember we had Chris Peters on and he told a story that uh, they were facing the... I can't remember what tournament it was, but it was they were facing the U.S. And it was basically the whole U.S. NDTP team, which was ridiculous in 20, the 2019 draft. Of course, you had Jack Hughes... Uh, Trevor Zegras, um, Cole Caulfield, I'm trying to think of who else, but uh, all the top guys on this team were in a shootout against Askarov, and Askarov stopped them all. That's how good he is. Man. Yeah, please. Please, and thank you. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, Just looking at this this team, man, this the build, this roster's build up just frustrates me to no end. I mean, teams have buyouts again, right? Teams have buyouts again? I don't think so. I have no idea, really. Yeah, but this roster, I just, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta get rid of guys like Zach Smith. You gotta buy him out. Um, honestly, I don't know how much you're gonna get off of his contract. Um, sadly, I. I'm not smart enough to remember how to find that on a oh, bio calculator. Let's go. Oh, awesome. Wow. Just incredible. But I, uh, yeah, incredible, I mean, radical, absolutely bodacious, <laughs> bodacious. I mean, you're, let's see. Oh, shot there. But Zach Smith, let's see how much you're getting back in a guy like this. Guy like Zach Smith, where are you? You're you're paying one mil the next two years. I mean that's that's really not horrible. That's, I don't you, that. you, that's, yeah, that's two point two five. You're saving two point two five. Yeah, like if you're the Hawks, you need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guy like well, let's uh, here's the thing. People are still saying you buy out only Mana, but honestly, listen. I don't stand Bowman, but I'm not convinced that you can't get rid of Olimata. I mean, he led the team in the You gotta be able playoffs. to at least get a, a seventh for him, yeah. 
Dude, even if it's nothing, even if you literally get nothing for him, I wouldn't care. Just, but I know, I know Stan's in love with him. I know Stan's in love with him. Oh, you know he is totally. So he's not gonna move him. He's not gonna move him. You know it's not gonna happen. You just, I have no idea what to expect from this team this offseason, honestly. After. Talking to Scott Powers, honestly, I'm very cynical about this. Oh, yeah. By the way, we did have Scott Powers on, but um, very tragically, the video file corrupted for it. But uh, for anyone that was looking forward to that, don't worry. We'll have him on right after. He said, like, in a month when we recorded it. So, like, right after free agency and the draft is done. So, I think it'll be even more interesting than what it was before. Much more to talk about. Yeah, Yeah, if you are, let's see what you get. I, I'm a believer that if Bowman is smart enough, uh, which I don't think he is, to try and trade Olimata, um, I think you I think you can get maybe even like a fifth, fourth, th- even a third round pick, dude. Like he, he's got to have a, some value. If you get a third for Mata, I'm over the moon. I'm doing no, wait. No, I'd say fourth. Fourth to seventh pick. Fourth to seventh round pick. Yeah. Yeah. You need to slow my roll there. It's still Olimata. I forget GMs aren't as dumb as they used to be. <laughs> Still dumb, but just not as dumb. Let's see, only. I don't think if you're looking for buy, I don't think if we buy only Mata, he'd be pretty cheap. I'm pretty sure that like, gets not a ton. Like I think he saved three million dollars or something like that. I can't remember what the exact number, but it's a lot. His hit's six eighty. So, but only six eighty, so that's like almost three point five. You save three and you save three point four mil. Yeah. They need to buy out if they can't find a find a trade, you buy out him and Zach Smith in a heartbeat. Yeah. You oh, that's not even a question. Holy shit. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I don't know. The fact that they gave up Dominic Cahoon for Olimata still yeah. uh man. Oh man. At least with Dahan, you weren't giving up anything. You you were getting rid of guys who you were gonna. You were off. Who was it? Forsling and Forsberg. Forsling and Forsberg. Yeah. The Fors brothers, baby. Oh yeah. Oh, remember? <laughs> oh god, the amount of like forty plus year old people in the comments, like, whoa, the power of the Force. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm just really glad I'm not a Hurricanes fan. <laughs> yeah. One of the few times I was happy to be a Blackhawks fan. Wow. All right, this is from the Minnesota Wild. Um, the Minnesota Wild announced the team will not re-sign Miku Koivu for the upcoming season. Yes, yes. Um, how do you feel about him as a bottom six center? Oh, we were talking about this on Twitter today. In the DMs. Bro, as the kids we were do. sliding into the DMs. Bro, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeet and slide right into your DMs, epic sauce style. Isn't that what the, is that what the kids do? Yeah, whatever. I think so. Something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what they do. So I might do that. But uh, yeah, no, I I very very oh very much like him in a fourth fourth uh, line role. If you get him at one to two mil, maybe me in the middle at one point five mil. What happened? Because it's Sam Bowman. He signs guys like Cam Ward to three mil deal with a no trade clause. <laughs> I'd love him for two at one point five or two at two at the most. If you're getting it, maybe you know you give him two years. He wants a little more. Whatever. I mean, this guy is insane defensively. I mean, great. You can put him with Ryan Carpenter and David Camp. That's Nothing a will happen out there. Nothing, Nothing will happen out there. You don't need offense, man. 
You don't need to have offense with that lineup. There, nothing is going Black to happen. Hawks, just like you just you need a black hole out there. You need nothing. Exactly. Well, Hawks need to develop a shutdown pairing. That is the that is the forward shutdown line that you need. You don't need Miko Koivu to be a penalty killer. You don't. You can literally only use if you want to only use him as a fourth you line. You can just center use him exclusively on, in defensive zone like situations. It's literally Marcus Kruger. He's literally Marcus Kruger at this point, and you can you and the Hawks could very much use a player like that. I mean, isn't he basically just Ryan Carpenter without the penalty killing? Yeah, probably, uh, honestly. yeah. Honestly, just use him. Yeah, I, I would. I would love him on the team. I don't think it happens, but he'd be fantastic. He'd be fantastic for this team right now. Um, this whole thing with Minnesota getting rid of all their centers, uh, they traded away Eric Stahl for Marcus Johansson. Uh, very yeah. interesting trade. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Buffalo's perspective, that's amazing. It's kind of weird that Eric Stahl didn't have uh, Buffalo on his uh I think it was his list, or like he didn't. He was not. He was not on his list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. He he uh, he declined uh, multiple trade or uh, multiple trades, I believe, and one of them being to the Boston Bruins. Oh, he wanted to go to Boston. I didn't see that. Oh no! Yeah, he didn't want to go to Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, I pull up from just Buffalo. A that's that's a very good trade for them. You've been looking for that stability behind Jack Eichel because really outside of Jack Eichel, they don't have anything. And you got these young centers with Casey Middlestad who, man, it's going to be interesting with them because if he doesn't figure out within the next year or two, he might, uh, he might be able to put the bust label on him. And you got Dylan Cousins coming up. So what this does is it gives him, you know, the typical veteran leadership. But... Uh, if you're Buffalo, like he's just the perfect second line center, you could put someone like Dylan Cousins on your third line center, insulate him, or even on the second line wing. Same with someone like Casey Middlestad, and uh, yeah, he's just like a perfect second line center from uh, Minnesota. I they want to play Johansson at center, even though he's way more effective on the wing. He's good defensively, but just doesn't bring much offensively, and that just seems like the whole Minnesota team. So I guess from that standpoint, it works, but. If you want like a needle mover, um, Marcus Johansson is not your guy, and I'm pretty sure he makes more money than Eric Stahl does. And uh, yeah, a great trade for Buffalo. And another interesting thing is that they were saying that they might put Stahl and Skinner back together. They played together in Carolina. And another thing uh, is uh, Kevin Adams was actually part of the 2006 uh, Carolina Hurricanes who won the Stanley Cup. Eric Stahl, of course, was also on that team. They were... Teammates and uh, now Kevin Adams acqu- acquires Aristotle, so uh, I really like this trade for Buffalo, Minnesota. I don't know what the hell they're doing right now, honestly. Yeah, that was. I mean, the Burdine signing was a no-brainer, but then there you go. And I like the money, happens. but the term is uh, I don't know. It's always the term dude that kills. Term kills. As usual, yes, absolutely right. Let me. Yeah, here's the. Uh, oh, I have uh, two things on this. Or I have the uh, I have the what team he declined, and I have what he declined, or what was declined. Okay, this Elliot Freeman on thirty one thoughts says Eric yeah. Stahl turned down turned down five trades to playoff teams in the last two years. NHL Bruins were one. Buffalo non no trade list didn't expect Sabres to have interest. On rumors he'd retire if traded, was surprised slash disappointed, but will play. Um. What's it called? Uh, and the trade 
to the Bruins would have been Eric Stahl for Sean Corrali in a 2019 first. Wow. It was last year. Wow. So last year he would have – oh, he would have been on a – man, maybe that's what gets Boston over the hump. Eric Stahl? Wow. Well, I'm guessing – oh, you know what's funny about that is that if they get Eric Stahl, probably don't get Marcus Johansson. That's interesting. I was just going to bring that uh, up. Mark Johansson was very good for them, so I wouldn't uh, wouldn't say they did the wrong thing there. Boy, yeah, like Bergeron, much cheaper too. I believe. Stall as your one, two, three punch at center man. Maybe that did get them over the hump. I don't know. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. What if? You know. Yeah. All right. Let me see what we have next. Let's see, Jared. Okay, yeah. So. uh Interesting news in Pittsburgh. Uh, we were uh, having a great, wonderful talk about earlier in the podcast. Uh, Jared McCann signs for two years at, I believe, 2.294. Let me, uh, 2.94 per. 2.94. Okay, 2.94. So weird number. Uh, basically yeah. three. Let's just say three mil. Yeah. Um, I think he's been somebody who either has been in, like, fan, you know, like armchair trade talks and possible trade talks in general. Seems like a movable piece for uh, – for the pens. Uh, what do you think they do with him? You know, do you think he's uh, a guy that gets moved this off season? Oh my God. I like totally zoned out. Which player? <laughs> oh no, no, you're fine, man. Jared McCann. Oh, Jared McCann. Jesus. I Talking to the ADHD. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, Jared McCann. I, uh, Pittsburgh. It's just, again, it's so interesting. Of course, we talked about the cap and trade. They have their goalie situation. They just, they're a team that very much wants to win now. And you, I mean, you can't blame them. Like, they, they got their core in place, but... Do they have they, the means to? But they've gave, they gave up a first and uh, Addison for uh, Jason Zucker. And they gave up their first... Or no, they, they don't... So they gave up their 2021 first for Jason Zucker and Keelan Addison, who was their top defensive prospect. Then they give up their first round pick this year, which is a top fifteen pick, and they also give up their best forward prospect with Philip Holland. They're like they're he's a good kid. he's a good fucking player, isn't he? They're they're running out of assets, and uh, oh, man, what like Jim Rutherford? He, no matter even if he's if, whether he's making good or bad trades, it's always interesting trades. So Pittsburgh is just to make matters worse, to make matters much worse. Elite player Connor Sherry is a pending UFA. Oh no! They're Everything going... is trending downward in Pittsburgh. Oh wow! And uh, oh, and they also uh, well, I'm not sure if this is really a bad thing. I believe he was plagued with injuries and hasn't been the best on the defensive side of the puck. But uh, Justin Schultz will uh, yeah, Justin Schultz free agency. Justin, they said that, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's not much of a loss for them, is it? No, no, I don't yeah. know. They have yeah. uh, John Marino, who they just pulled out of their ass because they always are able to do that. <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah. Patrick Marlowe's also <laughs> You know what I wouldn't mind low key Patrick Marlowe in Chicago for like one year at one million. Kinda like the Koi thing. Eh. Eh. Is he doing anything besides really, skate no. slowly? It's just, it's just more like anyway, we got Patrick Marlowe, but yeah. That would Whatever. be cool as shit though. I would like that. And apparently I don't know. Probably I can't to play off, so something. I can't remember what I saw this from, but apparently they would be interested. Or no, 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 that's not what it was. But uh, I believe I saw a thing. I don't know if this was who I, if I was talking to you about this, but 
apparently Tanev uh, would be interested in coming to Pittsburgh or something like that because, of course, Brent Tanev and Chris Tanev are brothers. So, how that would work. You know, if a guy like Jack Johnson isn't on your books, it'd be a lot easier to do. Also, is Marcus Pedersen really worth five years at four mil? I don't know, man. Like yeah. I've always liked Pedersen. I'm pretty sure back in I think it was 2014 was his draft year. I wanted him for the Blackhawks, but then they trade up and got Schmaltz. But uh, that's a whole different other story. But uh, yeah, I yeah. really looked up his stats, but I've always liked him, and I don't know if he's worth that money. It kind of be something to look into, I guess. Wouldn't it be great if you had a guy like Hollander that you could just Instead of uh, yeah, instead of uh, uh, trading that Jason as well Zucker pick for Kapanen, yeah, I, or also you know I mean you didn't need Zucker in the first place. No, see the thing and is then the you Kapanen, is, the thing who is replaceable Penguins. is all out. Yeah, oh, go ahead, go the, ahead. The thing with the Penguins was why why they were so good in 2016-2017 because they were able just to get these guys from their minors, guys like Sherry Rust and. Uh, Gensel to con- like to cheap contracts and they can just plug them in and kind of have your core to place. But I I have no problem with the money that they're playing Rust and, and like Gensel now because they're point per game players. But like Sherry can like go away. But is it really necessary to go after Zucker and uh, Tanev and Kapanen? And I, I just doesn't make sense to me when they're making all this money when you could probably find cheaper guys. Maybe they don't get the same type of production. But Patrick Hornquist is still getting paid more worth five point three mil. Yeah, I like Patrick Hornfist. I think he's one of the better guys in front of the net in the NHL, but uh, 33 years old, three years left at 5.3. Yeah, I don't know if I would have done that. It's, Maybe. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to... It's not bad. It's just that it's because of how bad of a position they're in, that's why that contract is an issue. But and let's you, also remember that Matt Murray is 100% getting traded. Like, he, There's no way he's not getting traded. You can't fault the Penguins. They won three Stanley Cups with their main guys, but yeah, they're just kind of they're kind of turning into the Blackhawks in the sense that they're giving a lot of these guys long term. I didn't think Murray was being paid four by six. Murray's an RFA. Yeah, I did not know that. Really, he's going to get signed cheap by like Buffalo and or not by Buffalo. He's going to get signed cheap by a team and just go back to being sicko mode. Is these goalies do? And oh, and they also traded a Nick Bukestad to Minnesota. That's another center that Minnesota has, and they're retaining like two million dollars of their contract. And that's how valuable. Hey, are you an underperforming, now. mediocre, defensively minded center? Come on up to Minnesota. The thing is, I don't think Bukestad is that good defensively either. But whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, then, but the uh, thing is, underperforming. Thing, yeah, you, you could just an underperforming center, and you would have been fine. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, they had to retain salary for Bukestad, and then they had to give up. Oh man, I had like a oh geez, like I have I keep having sneezes coming on. And like I think it's gonna do it, but uh, no, I, I just keep getting teased. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they had to ch- retain half salary just to get rid of Nick Bukestad off the books, and they didn't get anything. I think they just got future considerations. Like that's just how it shows you how valuable cap space is right now, and how much it means to these teams. Wait, Bukestad was future considerations. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I've I'm not gonna lie, I can't remember the last time I saw a player of was he being paid three point something? I think he was paying getting paid like four point one five because I think they retained exactly yeah. half his cap. Oh, well, they retained 1, it. 4.1. Well, 
for future considerations. Just yeah. it's a lot. Like, I I can't remember the last time I saw a team retain I uh, or sorry, not just that, not retain or retain. Of course, it happens, but to see a team trade a guy with uh, you know that much being paid that much for future considerations, well, that's I've not 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 seen that in a minute. Let's see. Well, man. Well, I guess that's that for Pittsburgh. You know, we talk about McCann, and really, if anyone's getting traded, it's probably on him. I mean. Yeah, I, I feel like they, they're going to need guys like him who are rather cheap. I mean, maybe you trade him to uh, recoup assets and get a cheap young to get a cheaper center to take his place to save money because you made two awful trades for Zucker and Kapanen and and fucking Jack Johnson still being paid by you. Yeah, at least that Brandon sure Tanev. No movement clause as well. And I'm pretty sure at least Brandon Tanev. At least Brandon Tanev, man. He's been the term is still insane, but he's great this year. He's still kind of young. Okay, never mind. Johnson doesn't have a no movement clause, but uh, Tanov has a modified no trade clause. Oh kind of so does Zucker. Player, so does Hornquist. And yeah, let's see. Um, I just want to check one thing before we get to the last news. Here is um, let's look at free agents. Let's look at. And what about cap hit? Let's look at UFAs. All right, UFA forwards. You know, it'd be great, cheap, fast, cheap young guy, Matt Nieto. That wouldn't be bad. That's a guy you could get. You could get a uh, Josh Levo. That wouldn't be bad either. Jimmy VC. That wouldn't be horrible. Be better than giving up a first and. Uh... Your best defensive prospect for uh, Jason Zucker, or your uh, top fifteen pick and uh, your best forward prospect for Sperry Kapanen. But hey, I'm not an NHL GM. You know who's better all around? Well, Kapanen is good defensively. I won't, or not defensively. He's good on the penalty kill. I'll give him that. He's more opportunistic than anything else. Uh, I mean, maybe a, a Matt Bolesky might not be bad. You could use a Mike. I mean, a Michael Froelich. Remember the Matt Bolesky talks in fucking uh, 2015? Oh my god. You know, you know who's, uh, you know who's, you know what Kapanen's very good at? Penalty kill. You know who's very good at the penalty kill? Everyone. You know who's good on the penalty kill and is actually good producing on it and still has some offensive touch? Michael Froelich. I'm pretty sure he went to Russia, I think. I oh, you're don't, kidding. Don't quote me on that, but. No way. But, like, the whole, the whole thing is that they could find cheaper guys. Without having to give up those amount of assets, yeah. No, he's in the Buffalo Sabres. I don't see anything about about Russia. Interesting thing about Buffalo, I'm pretty sure they now that they got stall, I think they only have five forwards that are signed this year. The rest, you know, who you could have signed. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Kapanen's making three something. Yeah, I think three points. You know who you could have signed for four mil? Three point two. You could sign for probably. You could probably get for around four mil. Mikhail Granlin. That wouldn't be bad for them. It's not bad at all. If you get him with like a one-year contract, that would be nice. But I wouldn't give term to him. I give him two and two by four. Yeah, that wouldn't be horrible. Two by three, two by four. I mean, you can. There are options out there. Eric Halla, fast guy, fits in with your system. He can stay healthy. He doesn't. He isn't. Well, let me see. 
with this guy. He said, look at all the time he's had to rehab too. He said plenty of time to rehab. Chances are the reason. Well, let me just double check if I'm wrong here. Yeah, he really he's played most of the year. Most times he he's he hasn't played a full year, but these years were like he missed like ten games, six games. You know, these he's not missing years, but uh, in Vegas he uh, it was his second year in Vegas he had that awful injury, and uh, uh, the next year he wasn't able to stay healthy. Not sure if it was the same uh, injury that was re-aggravated, but clearly there's, you know, something going on there and uh, inconsistency that year, but he's had a long time to uh, rehab. He, he played a short playoffs with Florida, as you do when you're on the Panthers. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, so this guy, I mean, he's a fast skater. I believe he's good in the penalty kill. I mean, this is a guy that he's, I mean, I could see Pittsburgh signing him right now, but you can this is what Kapanen, he's smarter than Kapanen hockey IQ wise. He's good on the penalty kill. He's probably better than Kapanen on the penalty kill. And he's cheap. He'll be cheap. He had a rough year. He'll be cheap. What are you doing? Hall's only 29 years old. Granted, Kapanen, Kapanen's what, 24? I know it's a five-year difference. But I'd rather have a five-year difference of a Well, you're better... not really looking long-term if you're Pittsburgh. You're looking at what this player can give you right now. Right. And I'd rather – look at the value here. You're looking at five years, five years – Five years older, but a better player of, but a better version of what Kapanen is. And you're not giving up a first round pick in a great draft and Philip Hollinger's career. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyways, I think that's that. I think I've proved my point. Annoying or not, I did. Um, but uh, a couple notes uh, from Elliot Friedman, a couple quotes from him, I should say, um, to end this off here. Uh, let me just pull these up. And we'll get into the questions after. Yes. Of course, yes. all of them are from Tate again. <laughs> so they always are. Elliot Friedman That's on Oilers Now. I had someone text me this morning and say, there's some names out there that you guys haven't even considered. Columbus Blue Jackets were one team that had interest in Jesse Pugliarvi. They're looking to add some skill. I believe you've heard the Oilers um, attached to the RV before a bit funny that they uh, actually passed on to uh, select Pierre-Luc Dubois, which uh, so far has uh, been the right move is uh, to the uh, dismay of uh, many people who doubted the pick back then. Including me. Myself. Including, yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, the Oilers sure and, and uh, I could totally see him coming back and having a complete renaissance and I could see him being better than Dubois in the long term. But um, how do you feel about that? Personally, I think that's, it's exactly what the Blue Jackets need moving forward is a guy like Pooh. Oh, yeah, 100%. And if you're Columbus, you could, give, too. you could give up someone like a, I don't know, like a Texier or Borkstrand or just one of your wingers to get back Pooh. I don't know. But, yeah, that's it's a interesting. defenseman, man. I mean, you would be a defenseman. I mean, the uh, Oilers definitely well, but they do want they, they want a forward. Nah, nah yeah. Shore up that depth, man. They, you know they're they're getting there, but they're just not they're not just there yet, not there just yet. So, I think I'm more with you on a Texier of Bjorkstrand because the reward you can get from a Pooley RV. Oh man, don't know if he fits in the Tortorella system, but you know what? If you're good enough, if you're good enough, you're good enough, and that's that. So, uh, last quote here, second one, not really a, a quote, but I. Uh, 
How summarization. About Josh hmm? Anderson for uh, yes. Jesse Puliarvi. Yes. Josh Anderson in a pick. I think the Oilers are going to want more, even though Puliarvi is on the way out. I think they'll be a little stingy, knowing yeah. Ken Holland. Oh, yeah. He gives out shit contracts, but I can't say he's a pushover. All right, so last uh, bit here from Friedman. It's not a quote, but a summarization of uh, his conversations about the Jets or his uh, talk of them. Friedman says Patrick <laughs> Friedman says Patrick Line is going to be interesting. There's something going on there. He wants to play with Shifley, isn't sure that's what Winnipeg wants. They realize it won't be easy to resign him, and they might have to trade him. It's possible. What do you think about that? What do you think about future Blackhawk Patrick Line? Gabrinka <laughs> for Line? That's okay. Pause. Do you do that? That's tough, dude. Like to bring it out an off year, I think Line kind of like that's interesting, man. I really don't know. I honestly, I keep to bring it, but like. Is it so bad I, actually that you turn it down? Like I, I don't really know what to think about it. I'd have to look. I'd have to do more research into that. Honestly, Lainey's ceiling is higher. Definitely, I just don't. Yeah, think, was... I don't know if he's a guy who is going to reach it though. How I was going to say, how likely he has the higher ceiling, but how likely is he going to reach it? At least Debrinket's more safer in that sense that he'll yeah. probably reach it. And we've seen Debrinket score forty goals. Has he's I think Lainey's one goals at what fucking twenty twenty one years old? This kid's yeah. no slouch. Did Line has Line even hit forty yet? No, oh, no, he oh, has. yeah, he's no, he has. Get 40. Okay, but like it's not like the uh, Brinkett's behind, like that far behind. No, he's line. not. No, I honestly, I keep I mean, it really. They're drafted in the same draft, and I believe Brinkett has more even strength goals than anybody in his draft. Uh, that would not surprise me, honestly. I can't say for sure. Like I could be way off, but I think there's something. It might have been like in his rookie year or some shit like that. I don't fucking, I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, that is uh well well I guess the question I should ask is who do you who do you see who do you see as a uh, good fit for Patrick Line? Um, I don't know if this would ever happen, but uh, I'm just I'm just uh. Throwing shit at the wall, see if it gets sticks. Uh, Gaudreau for Line. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of creepy, but yes, I. Because yeah. both Winnipeg, Calgary, are kind of those teams where it's like, um, haven't really made a playoff run. Well, Winnipeg did in 2018, but they lost to Vegas. But uh, Calgary, they haven't made that run. They're kind of Gaudreau and. Uh, Liner very much similar in the fact that they're primarily offensive players. Maybe they just both need a change of scenery. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Goudreau, Liner was instantly what I was thinking. I mean, Calgary's got to give up a little more, though, right? I, I don't know, man. I, I would like to just see a one-for-one trade just for all the needs. But, uh, yeah, that, oh, he's only 27. Goudreau's only 27. It's not that bad. I mean, Goudreau's, Goudreau's a better track record. He runs play more than Patrick Liner does. Um, I mean, maybe analytics say otherwise, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would do it one for one. Yeah, maybe even Winnipeg has to go up a little bit more. Looking at Gujo's recent, you know, he had 99 points uh, the year before. 99, yeah. right? 99. He was one away from 100. Oh, that's uh, pretty funny. Pretty funny to look back on. But uh, sure yeah, 
one year for Marty San Luis, he added 99 points, I think. It's just, I hate that, seeing that. And that's same with, I think, Ovechkin, the year they won the Cup. I think he had 49 goals, but who really cares because they won that year. I just hate seeing that. Let's see. Oh, man. Uh, you find his playoff points. I, I, I just, uh, oh, Goudreau. Oh, they're both, I think, just average, really. Goudreau, playoff. Uh, Lainey has 16 playoff points in 24 games, 8 goals, 8 assists. Only played one this year, but he had injury problems, so. Goudreau, Goudreau, in his career, has 19 and 30. He had 7 and 10 for a little bit of recency bias this playoffs. Horrible. Yeah, but again, he had not better. scored a playoff point, a playoff goal. Uh, between 2015 and 2020, he had not scored a playoff. That's goal. right. They went to the second round 2015. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. And the two times they made the playoffs, he was uh, he dropped the donut. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's gonna be an <laughs> so, interesting um, off season. Wow. Our uh, well, as I say to you, Pierce, uh, one shared brain and. Uh, I think we've just solved all of Winnipeg and Calgary's issues with yeah. one trade. You're welcome. Um, all right, well, let's get, get to the questions. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Wow. The brain again. Our minds. Anyways, Pierce, uh, do you want to pull those up? Yeah, so um, we were going to talk about this anyway, but uh, Tate asks us our Stanley Cup final predictions. Do you want me to go or do you want to go? Sure, yeah. All right. Um, so... Just kind of breaking it down from each team's perspective. Uh, Tampa Bay, um, it's been interesting with them because 2014 was kind of their first uh, go of things again with their new core, guys like Stamkos, uh, Palat, Kucherov, Johnson, Hedman, and all those guys. Next year, of course, they make it to the Cup Final. Ultimately, they lose in Chicago. 2016, they make it to the Eastern Conference Final again. We're even up 3-2 against Pittsburgh, but then they lost back-to-back games. Do you even remember? They came back in Game 7. Yeah, and you remember that Game 6 where I think Duran scored the first goal, but he was offside. So you kind of wonder what happened if there's a different outcome, if that counts, and they win. But uh, sports is just full of what-ifs. But, uh, yeah, lose to the eventual Stanley Cup champions two years in a row. 2017, they don't even make the playoffs, but that's because they were ravaged with injuries and they almost made it anyways. And that was really the emergence of guys like Kucherov, uh, Braden Point made it into the lineup. So they're getting more of these core pieces into their lineup. Yanni Gord, I think, found his way into there. But uh, 2018, you're expecting them to make it back. And they do. They make it to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Washington Capitals. They are up 3-2 again, but uh, they get shut out in Game 6 and Game 7 and, again, lose to the eventual Stanley Cup champion. So I, I don't know you can call it a choke. It's just you're running into the best team, really. But uh, 2019, you get embarrassingly swept by uh, Columbus after having the best regular season in the, this millennium. And kind of, I don't want to say it was like kind of like Washington where you've just suffered these many playoff exits because they, they made it to the cup final. They've made it to the Eastern Conference final game seven twice, and they've lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion three times. So I don't know if you can call it embarrassing, but there's just like so much disappointment. But this year, I don't know if there's as much pressure. They kind of had a slow start, so maybe that was a good thing for them to maybe face a bit of adversity because they've kind of just ran through the playoffs and now they're here in the cup final and they just have a ridiculously good team. And rarely do we see the best team 
in the NHL win the Stanley Cup, but uh, Tampa Bay might be that case of being the best team winning the Cup. And from the Dallas end of things, amazing stories. Anton Kodobin and Nett, uh journeyman, 34 years old, and he's leading his team to a Stanley Cup final with like a 920 saber percentage. Mirror Heiskin, and if they win, he's the Conn Smythe winner. Point per game on the blue line. And How old? And 22? 21? I think he's 21. 21. Yeah. But uh, the thing with Dallas is they've always been this good defensive team. They were really good defensively this whole year. But uh, they were never really get that extra offense. But the, this playoff, that, that's exactly what they're getting. They're playing good defense. They did that against uh, Vegas. They had the huge five-on-three kill, I think it was in game four. And they've been getting uh, depth goal scoring. Not not only are their top guys like Ben Sagan and Radulov stepping up, but they're getting contributions from guys like Gurionov. And, of course, uh, you can't forget Joel Kiviranta. So I think it's going to be a very, very great, fun Stanley Cup Finals. Um, but, uh, oh, man, as much as I love Dallas, I think there's a lot of magic there. And it wouldn't surprise me if they win. I, I have to go Tampa Bay. But... Uh, also taking us into consideration the last, I think, three years, I have picked uh, I picked uh, Boston to win last year. I picked uh, Vegas to win in 2018. I picked Nashville to win in 2017, and all of those are wrong. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to pick Dallas – or no, no, sorry, Tampa in uh, seven games. I think it's going to be a close series. My one wish is for it to go to a Game 7 overtime because I've never seen a Game 7 uh, Stanley Cup final overtime game in my life. I would love to see that happen, and if it's going to be – a year where that happens, it's going to be 2020, but I think uh, Tampa wins in seven, and I think Victor Hammond takes home the cons point. How about you? Tampa in six. Yeah. Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman, Con Smythe. Or Braden Point. We see. Or but my Kucherov, Vasilevsky. They just have so many good players, but I have to go Hedman because just the... Yes, oh my God. The I'm thing sorry. with Hedman... Sorry, the thing of with Hemming is I think he has he's tied for like the most goals by a defenseman through three rounds or something like that. And just yeah. the way he's been playing defensively the all around game, I don't want to say it's similar to the Duncan Keith run, but like it's it's pretty close, just the way he's manning that blue line. Oh, yeah. I I am complete agreement with that. No I don't think there's any any run that could ever compare to Duncan Keith for me as a Hawks fan. But hey, right now he and uh he and Miro Heiskanen, man, what they're doing is unreal. Um, yeah, I, I say Tampa in six. I, I think that um, I think that the Stars they, they got out by the skin of their teeth against the Avalanche. Um, and Vegas has just been their ex, their expected goals has been through the roof, but they just can't capitalize. And that may have made Hudobin look better than he is, uh, possibly. So for me, what I'm thinking is uh, I think Tampa just tears through and takes it finally like uh yeah. i believe god who was it on twitter i'm not sure who um but they i was a reporter of some sort and they said that made a great point that uh in 2015 the uh lightning were looking at the finals with wide eyes as the uh veteran oh, black yeah yeah and now now they're they're back there again they've done this so i think tampa takes it in six maybe even five i think this is their year yeah, and whenever you look at two teams in the cup final, you always kind of look at the players and like, hey, who hasn't won before? You look at Dallas ends of thing, and you automatically have to cheer for guys like uh, Rick Bonus, who getting a chance of a coach. I was listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast, and there was a lot of debate whether he'd even get a chance again, and got in a bit of an on the orthodox way with how uh, Jim Montgomery, who by the way got a job with St. Louis, congrats to him. That's awesome the way he Very went good out, to but. Uh, 
the way he got the job and has carried his team to the or not carried but coached his team to the the cup final and someone like joe pavelski who had a chance in 2016 was probably unsure whether he'd get back there again and he has a chance to lift the cup and even guys like Jamie Ben, who's never lifted the cup, Anton Godobin, again, journeyman, hasn't won the cup. And I think we we forget about this, but Ben Bishop, the backup, who played for Tampa Bay, he's probably not going to get a start, but uh, I if, he, if they win the series, he's going to get he's going he's gonna to be able to lift the cup. But then you look at Tampa Bay's end of things. Uh, he played, so having, he gets his name up too. Yeah, and you look at Tampa Bay's, their core hasn't won. Hammond hasn't won. Uh, Kucherov hasn't won. Point hasn't won. Pallad hasn't won. Like, just all those guys, and... Even even McDonough hasn't won. Um, But you look at someone like Steven Stamkos, I don't think... McDonough has probably been through more playoff heartbreak than any NHL player. Yeah, he played for... He lost lost so many times to Rangers. They're fun teams to watch. Yeah. um, What was I going to say? Steven Stamkos, that's the big thing for me. He hasn't even been able to play. Just the amount of adversity he's been going through his whole career, man. I feel so bad for the poor guy because he's gone through so many injuries. Um, I don't know if this is correct, but I don't think he ever got a chance to play on the World Junior team. I could be wrong on that. Um, He never got a chance to play on an Olympic team. Uh, 2014, he was supposed to be on track to play there, but I think he that was the year he broke his leg or something like that, and he would never to play. Didn't win the Stanley Cup in 2015, um, and now he's just it just seems like he's been going through all these injury issues, and for him to not only lift the cup but be the captain of the team that lift the cup, that'd be an amazing story. So, and years like for me, like years previous, it just seems like that's huge, like. You're clearly rooting for one team, or but like this year, it just seems like it's a good story no matter who wins. You know, Dallas. Um, well, not here, so I have to ask you: Did Stamkos win the World Cup of Hockey in 2016? Oh yes, yeah, so, you know what? That just uh, he, has no he, just, he doesn't, need, oh, he doesn't need. Yeah, he doesn't need to win anything. No, you're right. You're right. So he's always right? complaining about everything. But yeah, go on, please enlighten me. Um, but. Yeah, I'm okay with Dallas winning. I'm okay with Tampa winning. Both teams haven't won in a while. Uh, last time uh, Dallas won was 99. Tampa was 04. So both pre-lockout. Uh, and I saw this tweet, which was funny, um, whether you agree with it or not. But uh, Dallas or Tampa, it said Dallas or Tampa, they both have their first chance to win their legitimate cup. And then it shows up the picture of uh, Brett Hall flipping the crease. And then uh, Marty, the goal that went in for Calgary, the phantom goal, I think it was Martin Jelena who put it past uh, Blackhawks legend Nikolai Javi Bullen, but it didn't count. And I think Tampa won the game in overtime and then they would win game seven. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, it was a goal. It totally was a goal. I was totally, I yeah, it was a goal. And. It's not that it's not as if they actually literally use science the next game before the next game to prove it. It just it went in. That's just what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we're both in agreement, Tampa. But is the team that you picked the same one you're cheering for? Yes. Oh yes. really? I'm going for Dallas. I think Dallas come back. I think Dallas can make it back there. I mean, I like the underdog story. Oh, it's tough. And Jamie Ben's the player that got me into really wanting to play hockey, and then of course, like getting this far into hockey from there. However, I just want Tampa to get it done with, man. Yeah, uh, no. I think Dallas that... will have that again. That's why. 
I don't know. I, I think the opposite. I think Dallas is an older team, and I think Tampa, they have a better team where they can kind of get back. So I'm kind of pulling for Dallas to win, but I also think Tampa wins. So honestly, that, I'm just. Dallas defense, though, man. You, Miro Heiskin and Esselandel, John Klingberg, you know, they, they're going to take you back. That's just my opinion, though. And the most important thing that we forgot about is uh, to bring up between the, the two teams is that uh, oh. Young Ruda, one of Young Ruda or Steve, Steven Johns will win the Stanley Cup, former nice. uh, Ice Hog Legends. Biggest point, obviously. <laughs> All right. So um, so Tate asked that question. We're going to bring that up anyways. But, uh, yeah, the next question, uh, sleepers in the draft, who has the high-risk, high-reward player of the draft? Um, I don't know if you have any uh, um, oh, thoughts to that, but uh, – Big sleeper for me would be uh, Jack Quinn, for sure. Nah, I'm playing. Um, If he falls to Blackhawks at 17, they 100% should take him without a question. uh, I wouldn't say he's a huge sleeper. Jarvis, I think people are sleeping about his position. I think he should be around 10. People are putting him early 20s, late teens. I think he should easily be right outside 10 or 10. Um that kid's game is unreal, and I've heard some people, Vinny, I'm talking to you, um, saying that he benefited from a uh, stacked Portland team. But I, I really I feel like he's the kind of guy who who would carry that team, who does get that team going. I mean, the guy's got the skill, the speed, the sense, the shot. He's got it all. Uh, that kid's unreal. So, oh, Jimmy, he's not above six feet tall. How will he make the NHL? And, God damn it, you're right. You're not. Nah, you're right. He he'll never play an NHL game. I com- I completely take that back. Um, wow. but uh, big big Jack smart Hunter hockey man. Six feet either. So big smart hockey man. Uh, what do you who do you see as a sleeper? Well, who did um, you say? You said sleeper. Who else? What else in the draft? High risk, high reward. Oh, high risk, high reward. Um, high risk, high reward. Man. Um, Jake Sanderson. I could. Well, no, 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 no. That's not who I'm thinking of. God. Uh, is it Holtz? Is it Holtz or Gundler who's the one? Got to oh, get a mix of all. Gundler is the one I see as a high risk, high reward. But I think everyone sees, you know, would agree. So. Yeah. Um, sleepers in the draft. Um, I've been high on this guy. Uh, many public, other public risks, not so much. But Maverick Bork. I have him ranked mm. 17 right now, uh, so, which is where Chicago is picking 17. So if the NHL draft goes how my board goes, like how my rankings go. We get Chicago get Maverick Bork, and I would not be disappointed with that pick by any means. Uh, play on a very terrible Shawinigan team in the QMJHL, but uh, despite that, you the thing is with being on a bad team, when you're looking at a player, you should never be able to tell what the score is when you're looking at them because he's just always putting 110% into every effort. He's a good skater, good distributor of the puck, underrated shot as well, and also very underrated two-way game, which, again, on a terrible team like Shawinigan, that just shows his character, and I think he could be a really good, nice second-line center. If there's someone to be who's going to be a first-line center outside of the top 10 group of guys like uh, Byfield, Rossi, and Stutzla, and Perfetti, those guys, I think he could be Maverick Bork. And, uh, yeah, he's my sleeper. Um, as for high-risk, high-reward, um, you kind of stole the player that I wanted to go with, Gundler, but I want to go different. I'm going to say Quentin Byfield, I think. There is wow. There's a bit of risk. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say high risk, but uh, there is definitely a bit of risk to his game. But uh, if he if he does pan out, he's going to be the best player in this draft. Like if everything goes according to plan. Well, Um, yeah. I 
I like that. I like that um, a little bit. Just... I just had to throw a hot take in there. Um, the last mm. question, what package would you want for Strom should we move up? Oh, before we get into that last question, uh, another bomb from uh, Elliot Friedman on the 31 Thoughts podcast today reported. This is all all of these uh, Friedman quotes I'm taking from uh, at Puck Report NHL. Highly recommend you follow them upon their notifications. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say that, but they do a great job of keeping me updated. So, not sure the Golden Knights want to buy out Flurry. There's been a lot of rumblings about Alex Petrangelo in Vegas. Someone yeah. told me today they're wondering if Vegas might take a run, if it's not Petrangelo, at Tori Krug. Oh my God, Krugan Theodore! Oh man, man, that is a fantastic, fan fucking tastic top four. Zach Whitecloud coming up. You got yeah, Nick uh, Hague as well, Theodore, and of course Tory Theodore, Tory Krug. Gross. I mean, they have a bunch of lefties, so. Theodore but, uh, plays yeah. on the right though, and apparently, I think it was Jesse Granger writes for the Gold Knights on the Athletic. He said that Theodore plays better on the right side, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, that is a really interesting. So, a little more confirmation that Vegas is in on the Petrangelo Tory Krug talks. Yep. All right. Well, last question you had there. Uh, what package would you want for Strom? Should we move up? Uh, draft, I guess. I either want a young defenseman or I want a first late first round pick. Yeah. Or. Same, same here. But uh, also, let's say Minnesota, even though they've been acquiring a bunch of crappy centers, let's say they want Dylan Strom. We trade up to their pick, which I believe is eleven, and uh, we pick Eskarov. Yep. I well, I I would give them Strom. I'd want to. I want to pick back as well, though. If it's Strom, you're giving up. Yeah. What I would do is I would do is it's a sign and trade, but you're giving us a pick back as well, or a or a player, you know, piece of of uh, of some. I was looking through I, their cap friendly. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was looking at their cap friendly. A person that's an RFA there. It was a center, Luke Cunning. He could be an interesting bottom six guy. Yeah, I don't know if they want to give. I don't know if they would give him up, but that just kind of again just spitball. Let me look at well, what what pick is Minnesota at eleven? Yeah, eleven. I'm pretty sure. So it's a six pick uh, difference. That's not a that's not uh, insane to think he would be there at eleven. It's probably around I where he will be taken, or you'd expect to be. Yeah. Um, man, I would maybe Strom is worth it. I mean, that's that's a, that's a very very big, and I think if you're the Hawks, you only do it if you know a scar is going to be available. Yeah, if you're like talking you around right the league, you, league you know that he's going to be there. You do it at the moment that happens. That's when you do it. You have it in a place where it's like the condition is if uh, a scar is there, trade will go through, and if not so, then it doesn't happen. I really think you can put a guy like Philip Curry. Like, I, I think a guy like Kershaw needs another year, but I think yeah, he needs another he's, year too right now. Oh, it sucks because I really think Strom could have a great bounce back year, but I also think that I think he's very expendable at the same time. Yeah. He's very slow in a league that's getting faster and faster by the second. Um, if I'm looking at a prospect that I like from Minnesota. Minnesota! Soda! You know what? Maybe more of a roster player. I wouldn't mind a roster player at all. Ryan Hart. 
Hmm? Red Harbin? Red Absolutely. Kevin Fiala. Let's go. Oh my god, yeah. No, I, I don't mind Luke Cunning. Don't mind him. Uh I don't know. I don't know. That's uh mm, let's see. Mm, what is Luke Cunning? Is Luke Cunning good defensively? Uh not really, but he's also young and he was used exclusively defensively, so uh the numbers good, might be skewed. Don't know I if he's a, a good decent skater. Uh he has he's twenty-two years old. He put up thirty-one teams. Teams, I'm dumb. Thirty one points. points. Yes, that's why I things. Yes, thirty one thoughts told me about Luke Cunning who put up yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Put up 31 points on a Minnesota Wild team. Very much not known for their scoring. So I, I don't hate that. But I don't know how much they like trading him for Strom and yeah, giving that's up. The, that's the whole thing. Maybe yeah. you trade Strom for him and you give in like a third round pick. Strom and a third for Cunning and moving up. That would be bad. Or even the well, second if somehow it didn't go through. But that would be kind of weird. But like the, that's the framework. Yeah, you, you, only, you only do it if you know he's going to be there. If, like if that pick... You only do it if Minnesota's on the clock. I'm sorry. That's... Yeah. Well, let me see. Strom, this is 31-63 games. Strom had, let me look at the Blackhawks. Uh, Dylan Strom, Dylan Strom had, yeah, that, 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 uh, 58 games, 38 points. So five less games, seven more points. He's definitely a more valuable player who, has a better track record. He put up 51 points in 58 games the year before. You know, he's that's something you can boast. You know, that's something you can boast as a GM in this situation. You can negotiate in the same year. And he's an RFA who won't demand a ton of money. Yeah, Luke Cunning is being paid. He's, he's an, an RFA, RFA too. RFA, yeah. So, I mean, if I'm the Wild, you're looking at upside with Strom. Uh, but. For the Hawks, I think that that upside for Strom, you give it up to get a, you know, <laughs> Yaroslav motherfucking Askarov. That's what you're giving that up for. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So, I don't know. I think to end the podcast, I would like to say that I'm perfectly fine giving Minnesota whatever, uh, whatever Strom package they want. I shouldn't say whatever, but I'm perfectly fine giving up Strom to move up. Very okay with that. Yeah, me too. I'd be okay with that because, oh man, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting off season, that's for sure. We we went through so many teams and different perspectives, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of to give some insight on uh, what can happen this off season. Like Lundell is available, and they want Lundell as a Miko Koivu replacement. I mean, yeah, that would be the most Minnesota pick, or even Jake Sanderson, one of those two. God. Yeah, well. I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's it for the podcast. Yeah, anything else to add, or we can wrap it up here. Uh, hey, any uh, my fellow Americans? Despacito. Oh, Despacito. Pokemon go, Pokemon, go to the polls and vote blue. That's all I and can I tell think, you. I think that's the moral of the story. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can follow me at Tarantino Socks on Twitter. You can follow Pierce at Stadium Arcadium on Twitter. You can follow the 
podcast page itself. I believe that's uh, PJ's underscore cast. Right? Yeah, at uh, underscore PJ's cast underscore because some asshole took uh, just PJ's cast. I might have to kill them, but uh, that's a different we're story for a different day. Yeah, we're working on it. Well, to everybody out there, thank you for listening and uh, peace out. Yeah, please stay safe. Uh, wear yes. your mask, uh, wash your hands, all that good stuff. Social distance, yeah. So, uh, Pierce and uh, Jimmy, take it easier, one. Peace. Peace.